0: Welcome to the Angels podcast, Neurodivergent Chats, where we chat about life as neurodivergent families. If you have any topics you'd like us to discuss or any questions, please email us at podcast at We'd love to hear from you. Hi, uh, welcome to this next podcast, um, Angels uh, Neurodivergent Chats. Uh, today we thought we'd talk about sensory issues because it's something that comes up a lot, and um, we, we think um, that you know that it'll be useful and that people will find little bits. It'll be different for every child, but there often is sensory issues with our our children. So it's it's me here today, Judith, with Lisa and
1: Penny. Who wants to kick us off? Anybody want to describe? Well, sensory is huge, isn't it? it sensory is. issues can be huge for our children, whether they're autism ADHD, mm. or any of those sort of neurodivergent conditions, quite often you'll find that there's their the way they perceive the world through their senses is different yeah. than, than how the rest I of us understand do. it. Um, and, and, and every individual is different as well, so everyone's experience is different, and that could be something that's quite hard to get your head around. But it is a real thing. It so is a real thing, isn't it? And and, I, and, and you don't know it because you're not in,
0: in their head and in there and, and they could either be hyper-sensitive to certain things of the senses or hypo and be under-sensitive and, and really working that out. For me, it's quite could be quite a revolution because you really yeah. think, oh my gosh, that is how it feels, smells, touch, whatever to my child. And that's what, therefore, we need to make some adjustments and it, to. And it can, it can
2: change. It changes like. It can change through the day. It doesn't necessarily mm. just change from, like, one week to the next. It can be minute to minute. Mm. So, you you know, what you thought they might be hypersensitive to today, in a few hours they might be hyposensitive to it. So it, it really does cause a minefield when you're trying to work out what's going on. But there are some fairly common um, hyper and hyposensitive yeah. Reactions to certain senses like we've often find that hearing a lot of children are often hyper sensitive yeah. with the hearing, yeah. it's very rare that they're hypo. That's right. It's much more common, isn't it, to be the hyper sensitive? Yeah, yeah. So,
1: I mean, go through the senses really and just sort of give some examples of yeah. what you might see. So, starting with hearing, as you're saying, quite commonly. Um, children will be hyper have hypersensitive hearing which means that noises is uh, three miles away down the road they can hear yeah like, so you've know. got it's the child that commonly um yeah can hear things like leaves rustling outside um <laughs> i used to say with my son i remember when he was first diagnosed and, and he because he wouldn't respond to his name being called and everyone's saying do you think he's got a problem with his hearing so no because he can hear me open a packet of crisps from the bottom of the garden
2: <laughs> yeah <laughs> so you yeah.
1: know he, he
2: that really hypersensitive yeah. hearing
1: yeah he would be distressed by noises like drills
2: hot air dryers in the toilets. toilet anything with a motor yeah can, fans can be quite distressing yeah. if you've got hypersensitivity to hearing um and it's painful it is painful it is mm. really does hurt mm. um and it it makes your whole head hurt. It's not just like it's a little bit annoying or it's a little bit painful. It it's like having a really bad headache going on yeah. and you can't do anything with it.
0: But it is one that actually A it's quite common with our children and yeah. B, it's one that you can see your children are struggling with because they've got the fingers in their ears basically yeah, yeah, hands, over their well, ears. hands over their ears. So so this is one that the clues pretty obvious to yeah. pick up on, and, and, it's it's windy worth, windy yeah. stuff. and they're walking down the road and the lorry comes past and they can't cope with the noise of that, and yeah. um, as you say, you're in the toilets and you go to dry dry your hands and the
1: dryer comes yeah. on and it yeah. scares them, and, it's, and as you the say, hoover it's painful. used to be Oh, the hoover. One hot air dryers happened. used to be one for us, and, and you could hear a hot air dryer going in the toilet down a corridor that none mm-hmm. of the rest of us could hear, and you'd be really mm-hmm. distressed. And and putting hands over his ears. So it's that really it's almost like supersonic here. It's like it? a yeah. Super skill. Yeah. But it is it's but it it's stressing and painful. Because
0: it's one of the ones that the clues, you know, it can be pretty obvious when your children yeah. are struggling with this, then it's has been making sure it, you've got those adjustments really. Yeah. So it's either listening to music if that's what they like to do with their earpods pods or whatever, or ear defenders.
1: So it's yeah. Something How, like ear that. defenders help things that can help them control what they hear yeah. is quite often what's helpful. So so it's also the child who makes a lot of noise. Yes. Because by making their own noise, they're drowning out the unpredictable sounds around them that could suddenly happen and be distressing. So they're the child that is super noisy. Um, yeah, And, and so.
2: often they have the TV up really, really loud because, again, it... It drowns out other yeah, and it's noises and it's predictable and they're in control a bit yeah, yeah.
0: But that would make you feel like they were struggling to hear work yeah. wouldn't it
2: but actually Especially it shows the opposite way around yeah. um
0: and, and in fact quite many of our children have had extra hearing tests haven't they yeah, yeah just as you said at the beginning they
2: think can they
0: not they can't hear their name my son was asking, i was hear? told
2: my son was deaf yeah when he was 18 months old mm-hmm. uh, because he failed all of his hearing tests mm-hmm. and they end up doing a sleep test on him Which was difficult because he never slept Mm -hmm. um and they only managed to do one ear but they came back and said no he definitely can hear there's definitely nothing wrong with his hearing Mm -hmm. and he has got really hypersensitive hearing he hears things from miles away and They'll say, what's that noise? And I'll yeah. be like, what noise? And this
0: is difficult when your child's uh, pre-verbal. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because clearly, because they just and and, yeah, yeah. And they're just right yeah. left arm. Whereas when they get able to say, oh, can you hear that, head, do that dryer
1: down? Yeah, you so, so these days, people go. say, someone beat their horn. And I'll be like, oh, that was in Stephen Hitching. We didn't hitching. You <laughs> 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 can hear that loophole going. That's a great way. It's a super skill, really. It's superpower. But interestingly, it's own picking as well. So. So when they're not able to tell you, Mm. the impact of it can be something that you don't expect. So for my Mm. son, one of the things that he was really terrified of was fireworks, um, because they are loud, very very loud, sudden, you know, and all that. that. He was terrified of fireworks, and he got to the point where he wouldn't go out after dark because he didn't understand that we only really see fireworks at certain points in the year, right. and all the rest of it. So for him, fireworks mm. were a, a hazard that could befall him mm. at any time if he was mm. out after dark. So for a long period of his childhood, he'd be really distressed when mm. it started getting dark if we were out. And if you can imagine
0: if in. that was a pre, pre-verbal child, yeah. you wouldn't know yeah. what yeah. that well, was. we didn't meant. know for you a long time. Right. We didn't work
1: out, we couldn't yeah. work out what it was. Yeah. Yeah. And then we realised when he was starting, starting to be able to tell us, mm don't there might be fireworks right. like, but you it's know? you know it's and january
0: I, you don't have fireworks in january i would say generally if one of the times when you're trying to work out what your child's behavior is related to i would always have sensory yeah, the top as, as a thing. is there something with the senses that's going on that i can't see i don't know how that feels or looks or smells or whatever but that could be affecting their behavior so it's always to me top of the
1: top of the list yeah. so that's hearing hearing so then I suppose the next one to talk about that's quite a common one is smell. So quite a lot of our children will be hypersensitive to smell. Yeah. So they can smell things and things are overpowering and, you know, smells trigger emotions. They trigger, mm. you know, anxiety and stuff like that. Um, they'll, they'll be able to smell things and detect mm. things by smell that, that that you just wouldn't normally expect. So you this is a child that for some reason will never go to toilets at school, it could be because the smell, it it, it smells to everyone, but for them, it's impossible for them to go into that room. So overpowering. It's just...
0: Yeah. It's like it's like a physical yeah. thing, or it's the canteen, isn't it? That's yeah. a classic time as well that we think at lunch times, so, or they're sitting in a classroom that's next to the canteen, and as oh, soon that, as
1: cooking, cookbook... and, and and it can, it, and you know, what, what, an example that's commonly given as well is is people, is children who struggle to work with a particular member of staff perfumes because of their perfume, yeah, is overwhelming, or well, the washing powder, pa- washing powder, oh, yeah,
2: I can smell people's washing powder,
1: fabric softener, or or things like I remember this <laughs> a child. so. I had hair-piper-sensitive so smell on my job. And I remember not being able to go in certain people's houses yeah. because of the smell of their house and, and knowing that their house would smell a certain way. You know, and it things like that. It's insane. at this point since we're in my house. No, you is how you feel about my no, house. No, yes, <laughs> yeah, my,
2: son, my son could tell which shop I had been in Yeah. before yeah, so morning, without yeah. looking in the cupboards or seeing anything that I'd bought. He would be able to walk in the door and say, You've been to Sainsbury's today. Really? I'd be like, the smell how the do you know? Yeah, he says, I can smell so it. Could, so my son could pick yeah.
1: up the tin of like a, a, a say just for example like a, a jar of dolmio and you can smell it and you go this has come from Mazda yeah oh gosh, <laughs> you know, from yeah. Yeah. yeah another superpower yeah, yeah, yeah. really oh, oh, super and, and essentially these are the these are the people that as adults could be wine tasters mm-hmm. or perfume mm-hmm. mm-hmm. because you need to have don't you that mm-hmm. level of being able to smell and taste
2: he, so let's
1: taste is the next one then maybe. yeah Sorry,
2: Bennett, I was say he's not so he doesn't comment on it so much now, but I don't know if he still can smell the difference. But yeah. he, smell is a really overpowering thing for him, and he's very... Um, he gets very distressed if there's strong smells. Yeah,
1: I mean, and it's interesting, so just to say, with both of mine, one who's a super, super hearing, one who's called super smell, as they've grown up and now they're adults, it doesn't impact in the same way. It's almost like, I think they still have that, they definitely still have those senses, but they are able to manage it, whereas as children it was a huge, and huge well, barrier yeah. Yeah. and yeah. an issue. And and I
0: guess because our children are generally in, in school, there's not like, it's completely out of their control. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And
1: that's the difficulty. Schools are smelly.
2: Yeah. We it? everybody has a different smell, don't they? That's the thing. Yeah. Yeah. And there is there's a place yeah.
1: food going on
0: food there as well. Okay, so yes. what we've sorry, hearing, smell, taste. So,
2: yeah, so taste again. So he likes things that are bland. He doesn't like strong flavours either. So anything that, apart from garlic, he will eat garlic bread. And I can't stand the smell of garlic. But he will eat garlic bread, and he's not phased by that. But he wouldn't eat anything that's spicy or has... A strong yeah, flavour.
0: spicy not quite spicy, the better, but he does. He, does
2: he likes the flavour. So he's yeah, hypo- it's hypo- sensitive. Yes, yeah.
1: yeah. and needs things to be strong tasting. Yeah. Yeah. So they can be the children who like the really spicy foods mm. or the strong tasting things like mm. olives and, and garlic. Mm. But for both groups, the ones who are sensitive and the ones that are hypersensitive, mm. obviously as Penny described, the hypersensitive ones are the ones that like everything to be very bland. Mm-hmm. Quite often, you'll find that they—they're the kids that cover everything in ketchup or salt. Yeah. Because if you cover everything in ketchup or salt, you tastes know, exactly, it, it all tastes, tastes the same, the same. <laughs> and, it, it, and you might be able to deal with that taste. Yeah. yeah. So it's—it's it's a lot of a lot of the both children, often neurodivergent children, children struggle with restricted diets and having difficulties around what they're eating and what they won't eat, a big, big part of it is sensory. Yes. It isn't entirely sensory, there are other factors as well, mm-hmm. but it is definitely that, yeah, that taste thing, touch. and the texture, so the t- which is touch,
2: the feeling yeah. of the... But, but to when to it's touch. food, it's really, yeah, it's, it's to do with the, the, the textures, and he's yeah. really funny about it is very crunchy food to eat, doesn't it? It really? also comes it down to they often like one type of pizza from yeah. one
0: type of place. Yeah, so they, it's and they like, can tell they the difference. can tell
2: where it's come from. Um, so
0: that, that also, as you say, is yeah. part of um, Does, the And they can
2: tell restricted. when they've changed the ingredients in things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That is another issue that as soon as you might buy the same brand of yeah. something they've and they've changed an ingredient yeah. in it, your child won't eat it anymore yeah and typically children who have got
1: restricted diets do prefer things that are predictable predictable so they'll they'll like the branded stuff because it is always the same yeah. rather than the homemade stuff which yeah. might taste different well because you can't times. always
2: cook it exactly the exactly, same yeah. every single time you cook yeah. it so you might cook it slightly longer or slightly less and it tastes different yeah so yeah. That, that that's where that comes from but. So, yeah. my son is very much branded and it's always the top brands yes.
1: because they don't really change much no they don't Well, because the reason they're the top brands it is because people like the taste yeah <laughs> but they don't ever change them yeah but it's also that they that quite commonly things like mcdonald's chips
2: oh you taste the same
1: anywhere in the world always tastes the same oh, McDonald's yeah. Chips. yeah no that's right that's that it is that thing predictability yeah you know but, but, yeah. that's we're digressing into some of the other aspects. Yes, because I asked what the, the, so t- the touch, touch, so, touch then overlaps with that because it is, it is that the feeling of things. Um, and so, you can be high, there's sort of two different types of touch, isn't there? there's light touch mm. which you could be hyper or hyper sensitive mm. to mm. and quite commonly our children are hypersensitive to light touch mm. so they they don't, don't like it they don't like I it it feel it. it doesn't feel light so this is when you brush past your child and they go
2: ah you stabbed me <laughs> yeah. you scratched me or they've got a little tiny scratch and it's like the leg is falling
1: off. Yeah, so I would be presented with a finger Mm.
2: and I need a plaster, I need to go to the hospital,
1: and I wouldn't be able to see what was was on it it at all, because it's so tiny. But that's that hyper, it was agony, and it was like Mm. a a massive injury as Mm. far as he was concerned. Mm. Very real, and the pain was very (laughs) real, but but it's ah, because he's hypersensitive to light touch but then the opposite is that deep pressure touch. Mm. And sometimes they can be hyposensitive or hypersensitive to that as well. Yeah. So that's the child that breaks the bone or bashes into something and, and doesn't Cuts feel it. Cut leg in my son's case and doesn't yeah. really feel it. Doesn't doesn't lying feel there with a
0: broken leg and managing on gas and air, because mm. yeah, anyway
1: yeah yeah <laughs> well, we, 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 we <laughs> had broken leg and the yeah. the um the paramedic was like oh, "It can't possibly be broken because he's running around on it and i'm like yeah, yes but he says it hurts yeah he says it hurts that means it's probably broken yeah. and it was you know because because he couldn't it's that it impacts on yeah well, we're going into interception now so yeah but it's that different different feelings of 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 touch and and it can be not liking the feel of sand or water on or skin. seeking it
0: out obviously I, yeah you know, my
1: son used to run his hand down
0: a brick wall and you, you know just yeah. just touching and like to feel yeah. the textures of a, a fence or a wall or, or yeah some, you know gravel or something yeah mm. so it's
1: that, that and that's hypo sensitive mm. needing that feeling mm. of stimulation mm. my son would want people to bite his fingers and bite oh. him because he'd like that Feeling, feeling of, of that, be, that, yeah. So there's lots of it's so if you have these sort of funny things where they're they're doing behaviours yes. that look a bit unusual, then it's probably that they've got a different a different sensation around touch. Yeah. So yeah, as I say, sensory. Uh, yeah. Always my first thought with
0: with a behaviour that looks a bit different or yeah. you can't yeah. quite understand. Okay, so that's the obvious
1: five that everybody talks well, we did, about. Did vision, did we?
2: Do we not do sight?
1: no no so it's less common i think <laughs> but being... quite often if you've got hyper, it's hypersensitivity to bright light it's yeah. quite often what is the issue oh, that yeah around. my, my son really never, never opens
2: the curtains in his room ever yeah and he wears sunglasses when he's out, outside whatever yeah. time of so year he is. Needs to and at night time and... especially at night time because yeah. cope with the lights on cars, mm. so it has to have sunglasses on, otherwise, it's just overpowering, right? yeah. yeah.
1: And that can be painful as well. Yeah. I mean, you, you know, and and so it's, yeah, it, it in its, its bright lights, um, flickering lights are um, another thing that that, yeah. that can be really overpowering, yeah. um, which are not uncommon often in schools or yeah. buildings like that. Are they? And, <laughs> and then, and bit. then you were saying about. Uh, <laughs> For the purpose of the podcast, Judith was flicking her fingers by her eyes. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, I can't see that. But that that thing where, where they're doing things like that—that's to stimulate. So they're hypo sensitive to light, mm-hmm. and and they get a nice sensation from mm-hmm. and stimulation from making the light change. Yeah, a as lot. their fingers move across. Yeah, their eyes. yeah, yeah. yeah yeah so so that's I'm so tight. sorry,
0: I, I've forgotten that fifth one, sorry everybody. So that's the five that everybody thinks about, but there are three others, aren't there? Yeah. yeah.
1: So what should we start with, vestibular, because that's sort of yes. the most straightforward. Yeah. So vestibular is is the sense of balance, essentially, that comes from your inner ear, eardrum, yeah. in, within your eardrum. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you ever have had vertigo, you mm. know exactly what we mean when we say that your inner ear can it really impact. Mm. And for children who have a vestibular system that is out of balance, mm. they off. It, it was explained to me that they they need they need. Whereas, if you imagine being on a boat that's rocking the whole time mm. and the effect that has on your vestibular mm. system, mm. um for them when they're not on a boat and they're sitting on dry land they it feels feel like, like they are. yeah so they need to do stuff to make it feel okay so these are the children that really like swinging or rocking. rocking um or spinning um they they need to keep stimulating their vestibular system one way or another yeah trampolining is another thing that's really good for for balance, helping it mm-hmm. to balance out, mm-hmm. but it is often the child that's that's rocking and moving. So mm-hmm. my son rock needs to rock mm-hmm. a lot mm-hmm. um, because and the, his vestibular system. Yeah, yeah. but interestingly, when he is on a boat, he's really calm yeah. and doesn't move about half yeah. as much as he does. The rest of so
0: the they to a fisherman.
1: Yeah, yeah. So he. Saints. Yeah. So yeah, he he really enjoys swinging and stuff like that. Yeah. So the vestibular system can be really difficult to live with if if you've mm. got that sense that you're constantly anyone who's ever had benign positional vertigo or vertigo mm. or labyrinthitis. I Labyrinth, 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 so yeah, know how that can
0: be. And they're
1: living with this all the
0: time. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Horrible.
0: Okay, so I think that's possibly Anything else to say on that one?
1: No, it's a, it's a thing to think about um when when you see certain behaviours, yes. again it's one of those ones. Um so introspect yeah, yeah interception. so do interception and we do proprioception last because it's the overarching yes so interception it's internal yeah it? it's how uh, how you are aware
0: of the sense of your internal organs body so this is the don't know i'm hungry don't know i need the toilet um so this can be quite come quite apparent for our
2: children in school it's often hyposensitive yeah.
1: um
2: they often can't regulate their temperature so they can't tell you whether they're hot or cold, they don't recognise that, again hungry, thirsty, uh, sometimes not even knowing if they're unwell, so not recognising that they've got symptoms of Mm. being poorly, Mm. Um, so anything really that's to do with how our internal workings work, if they're hyposensitive they don't pick up on those signals that the brain is sent when something is changing in in your body.
1: I mean, the most common one that we see in our children is usually that they don't know they need the toilet. And that that sensation comes a lot later, because essentially what's happening is the signal isn't getting through to the brain loudly enough. And this is either going for a wee or a poo. Yeah. 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 So So they don't know. So it's the child that, takes much much longer to become dry and, yeah. and toilet trained because and it's it is literally because they don't know they need to go or and, they or they don't know until the last minute exactly um, and they hold it's on too late like
2: they they wait until they get that signal is so strong yeah. that they're like oh I need the toilet and then it's yeah. too late yeah. yeah 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 so so it
1: but it also covers. Um, pain as well yeah Mm. so it's that not knowing you're in pain or not knowing where the pain is coming exactly coming from yeah Yeah. Um, and not necessarily reacting to it so part of it as well and and this is something that I have is that you might know that you feel it but you can ignore it Mm. so whereas a normal functioning sensory person I presume feels pain and then reacts to it and does something about right. it or realises they need to go to the toilet and get someone goes. Mm. Somebody who's got in hypersensitive introspection introsception mm. yeah. um can't doesn't act on it or don't doesn't know. It, it literally is like the signal isn't loud enough to make your brain take yeah. notice. Yeah. And you can ignore it and pass over
0: it. Yeah. 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 So it is one, again, if these are the kind of behaviours your children and child is exhibiting and don't seem to know when they're hungry and therefore they're yeah. getting into a t- you know, pretty bad mood and they haven't actually eaten or they are having accidents at school or any of the things we've just yeah.
1: mentioned, then, then this yeah. is the thought to try and have. another uh, and, and they all interlink as well. So another one can be, another issue that, comes down to sensory is things like children who like to eat a lot. Yes. And don't know when they're full. They don't know when they're full because yeah. their interception style side of it isn't working. But also the sensory input taste and taste and touch wise they get from eating, mm. the motion of eating or eating something, um, can be quite regulating. Yes. And by regulating, we mean it helps everything get back into balance. If you imagine that they're hyper or hypo-sensitive, they're out of balance, mm. you can do things, which is another podcast because we haven't got time today, mm. you can do things to help yourself regulate. Yeah, And sometimes those things can impact on each other. So, yeah. for example, you don't realise you're overeating because... You don't get the message mm. you're full but mm. also it's nice to eat it's regulating yeah. you. yeah a- absolutely These, I mean it's a finely balanced thing
0: often, yeah. isn't it and actually when it's out of balance is how the, the individual will attempt to seek out or to do the things to bring some balance back yeah,
2: yeah. and the last one is the proprioceptive sense which is your awareness of where your body is in space so essentially if you're sitting on the chair you get feedback from that chair in your muscles to tell you that you're sitting on a chair so you don't need to bounce around to check that the chair is below you and the same if you're laying in a bed even walking on the floor so if you've got a sensitive uh, proprioceptive sense you might find a child stomps a lot walks really heavy-footed, yeah, heavy-footed. Um,
1: presses really yeah, hard presses
2: really hard, pushes, <laughs> uh, lies on things you're trying to seek that feedback in mm. their muscles constantly they might like you to They might try and hug you really tightly and um, cram into really small places. Yeah, yeah.
1: like that. And I was just thinking about hanging upside down, and that is one that's proprioceptive and vestibular. So the children that sit sit on a sofa upside down, you know, their legs over the back.
2: Yeah, Yeah, that was my son when he was (laughs) young. Yeah, they
1: trying to adjust both of
0: those senses. Yeah,
2: Yeah. and and if you've got so when my son was younger and he had an OT, look at his sensory profile. They explained to me that part of the reason he wouldn't settle for bed was because he's got really poor proprioceptive sense, he's really hypo. So he couldn't feel the bed. And because he's got such poor proprioceptive sense, he relies on his vision for movement. Mm. And if you're in a dark room and you're laying on something and you can't feel it, you feel like you're floating and you can't see where you are, that's really scary mm-hmm. and actually made so much sense to yeah. me yeah. why bedtime was so difficult for him so it is understanding how all of these different senses yes, actually link. link and affect each other because he relies on his vision for movement he doesn't move where he can't see because he's yeah. got such poor proprioceptive sense mm-hmm. and even now as an adult that is still the case here yeah and he is really clumsy really clumsy like he can literally fall over anything mm. um, and clang into everything and anybody and he leans a lot um because he just doesn't have that, all, yeah, that feedback getting in his
1: muscles everything
2: um yeah uh, what i was
0: going to say in case people aren't aware the professional that has this area of responsibility about sensory is an occupational therapist so, if you think this is a sizeable area for your child, it is worth asking for an OT's referral so that they can look at all aspects. Because yeah. there are things that we can do, and when we talk about having a sensory diet, that probably is another podcast, but you know, there are yeah. things that we can do and adjust at home, and probably as importantly, then, yeah, at the school. Yeah, and there's quite a
1: few strategies you can use. And thinking about the proprioceptive sense, that's the one that quite commonly you can do work with to help balance and if you can balance their proprioceptive sense it helps to reduce the differences in the other senses as well it all regulates doesn't it helps to regulate gives
2: you back a proper sense of everything being working as it it's turns back it into balance. Yeah. So yeah,
1: there's def- there's loads of, there's loads of strategies and stuff you can. There do. is, I mean, we could probably have
0: a bit of a, another chance to talk about our podcast, but another podcast, but sensoryprocessingdisorder.com, good website to look at with some suggestions and the NHS Greater Glasgow and Clyde sensory differences website also, yeah. just a recent one, uh, but you'll find lots of stuff out there about sensory um, integration. So yeah, I hope that's been helpful. See you next time. Yeah, see you next time.